This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest of today is a brilliant woman by the name of Linda Clay. So who is Linda? Well, Linda's gift is guiding others on how to map out their life and business. Women hire her to unpack their hidden suitcases because most don't know how to outsmart or overcome the fears and end up disillusioned, uncertain, and have no idea which way to go. She helps them get clarity, confidence, and direction so they can achieve their dreams. While working with Linda, she draws upon the lessons of her past struggles and personal and professional success, supporting women who are in the corporate world and women who are ready to break free to create more time and live life on their terms. She developed tools and a framework in her integrative approach to life, mindset, and business, treating each one as a separate unit and then connecting them together. Her use of holistic mentoring through a mapping out phase to ascertain and clarify while exposing their hidden treasures, drawing out the steps they need to take, then creating and implementing a mapped out, clearly defined action plan. Linda has found the key to success lies within our relationship to ourselves, our ability to embrace the whole self, including our strengths, messes, quirks, and our uniqueness becomes clear. Her work has shown that in order to succeed first, you have to map out and then plan the right model of a healthy and strong relationship with yourself. Linda's work is focused on showing how all women can stand strong in their own right and believes you can rebuild your own foundation by working on your personal map to self-esteem, self-love, becoming aware of how you talk to yourself and the type of personal boundaries you set. But most of all, she knows it doesn't happen overnight and awakens you as you embrace the knowledge that it's a beautiful journey. Wow. Welcome to the show, Linda. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. I'm so excited. Oh. Well, we're excited to have you. I mean, we, again, we talk in the background and we plan for this and here we are. And uh, I know that my loyal listeners, based on the feedback we consistently receive, this is the kind of yumminess that they're always looking to absorb. 
and they're always looking for words of inspiration and testimonials and tangible examples for what's worked in my guest's life that they too can incorporate into their own lives so that they can master what it is you clearly have for yourself and for your client base. So congratulations on all your success. Oh, thank you. So, you know, everybody who follows me, which I'm very grateful for, knows that my approach to these interviews, it's very organic, it's unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation. But I do like to start off by asking what the inception of the journey was for each person who I'm showcasing, because, of course, some people define it as an aha moment, something cathartic that happened in the back end, uh, something that was, you know, it was indicative of adversity or challenge, but they were able in their healing process to find the lesson, incorporate it, and not just through empowering themselves, but then being an anchor for other people who are at different levels within their own journey. So what's the backstory for you, Linda? You know, I would have to say that my whole, the journey I've been on started years ago. Um, it wasn't necessarily a huge aha moment. It was several different challenges that I faced throughout my life that mm -hmm. now I can sit back and look back and go, wow, this is what has propelled me to today. Um, it started when I was a teenager and I was an unwed mother in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And that was totally a no-no. I mean, that was like the most shameful thing. Good girls didn't do that. You were unfortunately categorized um, as I was told way back then, it was like, I had a big A on my chest, like, um, scarlet letter. Yeah. And, um, I ended up with being told by my parents, I had a choice and one was to raise the child myself, which they totally discouraged. Uh, one was they could raise the child. Um, but they, you know, that was something that I felt was not the right approach, mainly because my dad was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I could go to an unwed mother's home and give the child up for an adoption. So even though I was given choices, the reality of what it was, I really didn't have a choice. I, mm -hmm. you know, went to the unwed mother's home. My sister was pregnant at the same time. She was able to get married. She was able to keep her child. I was the one that was kind of like put into this home to give up the child to, for adoption. And then... I was left with, well, she got to keep her son. I gave up my daughter. I gave up something of value. Um, and I had to figure out how do I handle that? My parents were of an age of, you know, something happens, you just face it and you move on. There mm -hmm. was no discussion. There was no real support system. It was like, okay, it happened. Now, now you just move on in your life. You go to school, you get a job, you do whatever. And so I learned at a very young age that when something happens, a challenge like that happens, I just have to kind of suck it up and, mm -hmm. you know, move on. Mm -hmm. So that was the start of it. And okay. um, I realize now that that was the catalyst, Lisa, that mm -hmm. propelled me my entire life. It, it helped to develop my money story. It helped to um, develop my, uh, in a sense, my persistence and my perseverance, but it also made me constantly look for more because I was proving to myself that I wasn't a bad person. Um, I, what I did wasn't shameful. I kept trying to prove to myself that I was better than that situation and mm -hmm. not understanding I was 17 and I was just a kid. And wow. 
So that's in hindsight, you know, as Mm -hmm. we reflect back on our life, we can look at all that. So I got married. Um, I had two daughters. Everything seemed to be going, you know, well. We weren't um, by any means wealthy. In fact, we were pretty poor for quite a few years of those lives of that, our first, you know, first years of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I can remember kind of uh, developing a, what you call a scarcity, poverty, scarcity type mentality. Yes. Because I was so worried about how am I going to feed my kids? I had two kids at the time and my husband wasn't working. He was on unemployment a lot. I wasn't working at the time. And it was just like, like scraping the barrel constantly all the time. And so that added another layer of kind of, you know, they call it now money mindset. It just was really a matter of having belief that things will turn around, having belief that you're in that scenario, but you can change it. So it was a constant motivation to change, to get better, which I did over the years. And um, I took on a career of my own eventually I went to work for a major department store. I became a department manager. I was going up the corporate ladder. I really put my heart and soul into that company. And then um, when my oldest daughter turned 14, we found out she was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And there spiraled this whole nother chapter in my life almost like a separate chapter, but again, something that influenced me directly because that child that I gave birth to, when you give birth to a child, you look at them and you go, wow, they've got the whole world in front of them. Oh my God, they have so much to give the world. And then one day you wake up and that child you had envisioned in your mind and your soul was somebody else. So it's almost like a death. So Mm -hmm. it was my first experience of a different kind of grief, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Perfect and, sense. <clears throat> so her battle with drugs and alcohol has lasted over 30 years. It's mm-hmm. been an up and down cycle. She's she's been homeless a lot of the time. So that adds another element into the whole addiction problem because they people that are homeless live by a different code of rules. They don't mm-hmm. live by mainstream society. And it's very difficult for them to transition back. So it's something that I actually still am working with her on, trying to find her that balance where she can live a life that she wants to live and yet not be homeless. It's it's really quite a challenge. Um, so well, let me, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so a few things simultaneously came to me as I was listening to you. And first of all, I want to very much applaud you for being raw, for being candid, for being vulnerable. Uh, Because most of the people who are living real life, everybody has a certain set of circumstances. Everybody has a story, a backstory. And whether people can relate to the individual set of circumstances, for which each guest of each week cites. That's not the point. The point is being a human being, we're all on the spectrum of what it is to feel grief, to feel loss, to feel strife, uh, to feel all these different things that force us to have to make decisions and decisions based on, do I succumb to victimology or do I take the lesson of what's happened to me knowing statistically, even speaking, I am not the only one and do something to make use of this. You know, bigger picture here. There's a bigger picture 
picture, there's a bigger lesson, there's a bigger message. So I also want to applaud you because this is very much what encompasses and embodies my personal definition of somebody who I cite as being a shiro. Uh, somebody who's empowering themselves to empower other people through understanding what it is to be on the other side of the fence. Call it the have-not mentality. Call it, you know, the money mindset, the scarcity, all of that. And I just want to say, too, you know, as far as what you had indicated at the top of the hour there with regards to your circumstances as a 17-year-old, and really not having out of those three choices any really great choice in which to make. But being that you are committed to personal growth, being that you are committed to personal development, knowing that you're using your gifts to inspire other people and anchor them aboard out of the adversity for what it is that they're currently sitting in within their own personal abyss. You know, when we talk about the word trigger, okay, we understand what the word trigger means. We all have triggers. How have you reconciled what happened to you as a teenager, knowing that that has shaped the whole trajectory of your whole journey and life going forward? How do you deal with triggers? Because your clients who would be coming before you would have triggers. So what have you done to work on that? Where are you at with that in terms of a mindset perspective? And what would you say to the listening audience in terms of what perhaps has worked for you that you can impart and share with them? You know, that's, that's a really good question. So, you know, triggers, when I look back, in fact, it was just recently, Lisa, that I sat down and I started, I'm co-authoring a book. So I'm going, you know, writing out my life story. Mm-hmm. And as I'm writing that life story out, the triggers happen. All of a yes. sudden, I go, wow, there's a connection with my giving up a child to my my inability throughout my the many years to be able to take, you know, money and then I end up giving it away, mm-hmm. taking money in, giving it away, taking money in, giving it away, giving out back, you know, giving out the value because I gave out the value of my child. Mm. And that was that when I realized that it was like, it's a relief. So mm-hmm. what I've learned throughout these years is that you have to pay attention to things like that. When a thought pops up in your head and you go, wow, that's kind of, you know, thought provoking or profound. Why? What's behind Mm -hmm. it? It's like I work with my clients and I say those chitty chat, I call them chitty chatty voices. We all have them. They talk to us. They downplay what we want to do. They make us feel bad. I, I always say, listen to them because they're not a negative. What they are are areas within yourself that you still need to work on. Bingo. That you, yeah, you need to bring them up. You need to face them. And once I realized that, I w- I've been able to look at things going, okay, I need to find out why I feel this way. I need to find out why um, this bothers me. And then mm-hmm. I work on it. And I think, to be honest, it all started when I gave that child up because of uh, the the pain, the sorrow, the confusion, the frus- even frustration, discouragement, everything you can think of. Every word was put in put into that one action. Mm. I've been on a self improvement um, journey my entire life, constantly looking at why am I responding this way, connecting mm-hmm. it back to my childhood, or connecting it back to 
um, some circumstance in my life, I found that two huge things that happened to me was I lost my husband before he turned um, 50. It was what I call my WTF year, where I had five to six major life crises happen all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up in depression and suffering from PTSD after about a nine month period. Mm-hmm. That alone gave me, in a sense, a mind break, which I think depression can be. It's a way of stepping back because you've just been carrying too much. Mm-hmm. Um, once the universe decided I had taken my rest long enough and woke me up and said, you know, get your button gear and get going. I started to realize that I was on a path of taking everything I had learned up to that point, and it was propelling propelling me forward to where I am today. Beautiful. And, and the biggest and another really big um, thing that happened was my mother during that year had also developed stage four breast cancer, and she lived for another eight years. She had married a man that um, was uh, verbally abusive to her. Mm-hmm. So my brother and my sister and I watched her from this elegant, put-together woman who got her first career at the age of 50 and was a su- highly successful at it, mm-hmm. marry this person that turned her into a dowdy, scared woman. So on, when she was in the hospital dying, my sister and I asked her, why? Why did you marry him? Because we, we've never been able to figure it out. And she looked at us and, and she said, because that's all I thought I was worth. Wow. And Lisa, that was like, that's the prime example of women. Because we're raised to be this perfectionist person. We're constantly striving for perfectionism. I was. I always mm-hmm. thought I had to be perfect. I had these things that in my past that they made me not perfect. So how do I change myself to be perfect until I realized I am perfect? Mm-hmm. The way perfect, I absolutely perfect within your right. imperfections because none of us are perfect. Right. None of us. There's right. no such thing, you know. But okay, so there's a lot of things again simultaneously that came to me, Linda. And I just again I want to continuously say throughout this interview because this is the type of depth and breadth of a truth and authenticity that not only myself as the host of the show, but for the loyal listeners and eventually the podcast subscribers, this is this is the real deal. Because most people who I interview who have turned the corner and have risen in the ranks of self-esteem, self-love, self-confidence, success. Uh, not only money management, but money growth, uh, abundance, all of those things. Uh, it's usually birthed out of these kinds of circumstances. But within that, making a very definitive choice as to what am I going to do with this? Am I going to sink or am I going to swim? So now I want to talk about voids because a lot of successful people, and I've certainly fallen into this category myself, You know, and I very much do subscribe to the adage of I am really only in competition with myself. I am not here to outperform other people. I am here to break my own records. I am here to obtain my own goals and and, and to expand as much as I I absolutely can in terms of my flourishing and development within self. So I know a lot of people 
who are very successful, people who are authors, people who are coaches, people who are entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this innate, uh, this innate drive that we have that propels us, it's not just part and parcel of the healing process and trying to do good by what's happened by us and make it count, make it not for naught. But it's also because, call it childhood, uh, call it knowing what it is to be invisible, not heard, not taken seriously, not valued, not whatever. We sometimes get on this treadmill of filling up those voids that we've experienced and encountered in our lives. And we replace it with success. We replace it with accomplishment. We replace it with the numbers in our bank account. Um, and all the while, although, although those are good things to put your attention, time, and energies and focus on, if you're doing it at the expense of uh, still dismissing that undercurrent of pain or not acknowledging what is fueling your fire, you know, there's still a level of, is this intuitive or is this counterintuitive? Am I motivated for the right reasons or am I doing it to prove other people wrong or to prove that I am in fact worthy, that I am in fact enough? So even though you have climbed the ranks and what, with what it is you are now doing career-wise as a very savvy, very smart businesswoman, Linda, how much can you equate your success and your current choices in the business world with still having a tendency to perhaps whether subconsciously whatnot it's to fill a void I think it started out that way definitely okay I do absolutely cards on the table I'm sure yeah. my my drive you know again giving up my child for an adoption was a catalyst it gave me the drive mm -hmm. um, but when I look back at all the different things that I've gone through um, business-wise and personal-wise it's they're all gifts. And mm -hmm. once I realize that we're given challenges or we're given tough situations, heartbreaking. I mean, they can be heartbreaking, gut-wrenching. You're on your knees going, what the hell is happening to me? Yeah. You know, why? We're given those things because it's a preparation for us to keep growing. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice at that time. And I'll be honest, there were points when I was going, why me? You know, why was my husband dying? Why wasn't it somebody else? Why mm -hmm. was I the one having to go through this? Until I realized that the person I am today, what I can give to help other women grow and expand, I would mm -hmm. not have been able to do if I had not gone through everything that I've gone through, if that makes Bingo. sense. Oh, yeah. perfect. Perfect yeah. sense. And I just want to back that up. I can personally attest to that. We spoke about this on the phone when we had our initial uh, meet and greet introductions to talk about showcasing you today. And, you know, for the things that I cited, which and it's, this isn't about me, but for things that I've gone through in my life, which I shared with you as an open book, as you're very much doing here with us uh, today, Linda, which I again, thank you for, you know, had those circumstances not happened to me as awful as they were and as awful as whatever the circumstances are for anybody where it propels you into a state of you know, for some people, it's PTSD, for some people, it's depression, for some people, it's even suicide, whatever the case may be. I don't know, looking back on all of that, had those particular set of circumstances or injustices or abuses or atrocities to my soul not occurred, 
would I be as empathetic as I am today? Would I be an, an empath? Would I be a light healer? Would I be as plugged in as connected to people as what I am? Could I be, could I read people's energy as well as what I do and understand the unspoken word and feel that compulsion uh, to roll up my sleeves and pitch in? you know, to pay it forward, to be of service. I don't know that I would be. And I wouldn't, I don't, I can't imagine myself being any other person spirit wise than that type of uh, elk of human being. So to know that there is a, a there is a, an, a chance that I may not have resulted in being exactly who I am today, had those particular set of circumstances not happened, I would do it all over again. Mm-hmm. I would I would do it all over again if it guaranteed me being who I am today with my heart, my soul, my spirit, my intentions. I absolutely would. I would relive all of that as painful and as hellish as it was. I would relive it all over again, because at the end of the day, it's not just about you and, and knowing the types of people who I've now, as you can attest to and relate to in your own set of circumstances, in your own journey, you know, we wouldn't have attracted the type of people into our lives. We wouldn't have been uh, compelled to want to help people, to empower other people, to help them with the proper tools and and helping to hone the mindset and understanding what it is to be your own shiro in this particular case, Uh, to rise in the ranks, you know, define yourself differently, write a different script, write a different ending, write a different beginning, start anew every single day. We have those choices now. We do. Right. No, and, and I agree, and I think you just said it. It's a choice. So you can go through, and you can go through debilitating circumstances and choose to live and stay in that situation, or mm-hmm. you can look at what options do I have to get myself out of it. So I have a client that I'm working with. In fact, I was working on a little post for my Facebook group before um, the call who a year and a half ago, she joined my Facebook group. Then she became my client. She wanted to be a counselor. She just had this huge dream about being a counselor, but mm-hmm. she didn't think she could do it, not only because of her lack of belief in herself, but what everybody else was telling her. Well, she sent me a message this morning, and it said, Linda, I just enrolled in level three of counseling. Oh, wow. Now you tell me, I mean, that to me, is what my journey has been for. Mm, it's absolutely. to open up doors for people that have no belief in themselves. Because I was there. After yes. I was depressed, I had no belief in myself. I had to move from the West Coast to the East Coast to learn that I was a great store manager. It was the circumstances that created the turmoil. It wasn't me personally and the job I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, but I had to do it on my own. And I don't think women need to do that. I think that they can find the right coach or right strategist or the right support system, mentor, whatever, to help them look at themselves and mm-hmm. grow into who they're supposed to be. Okay, I'm going to speak to that because I I do subscribe to that. And I know that you and I, at a deeper level, also subscribe to, yes, it's important to find your tribe. It's important to mentor up. It's important to find a strong, supportive uh, infrastructure of support. But at the end of the day, it's still an inner job. It's still... Right. It's still our own journey. We are with ourselves 24 seven. So what it is we do for ourselves to nurture ourselves, 
to love ourselves up in such a way that we can then be receptive to the external support that is forthcoming to us and really resonate with that and really buy into that and really embrace that. You know, people can, people can line up around the block saying, I love you, Linda, I think you're the best thing since sliced bread. You know, look at all of your accomplishments, look at all your fundamental characteristics that make you shine and stand apart from the rest of the world and makes you remarkably unique in your own way. You know, people can tell you that and feed you that 24 seven, 365. But if you don't believe in that, if you're not committed to the journey of getting yourself to a point of, you know what, I need to change my thinking here. I need to change the way in which I view myself as a contributing worthwhile, deservable member of society and humanity. I got to figure that stuff out. Otherwise, you know, there's not going to be any change here. The needle is not going to move on my journey, uh, on my self-esteem, my self-love, my self-perception, my self-anything. So yes, I do agree support systems coupled with more importantly, the journey of self being the number one priority, then yeah, then there's, there's nothing that can stop you. Right. Right. And I, I agree. It's inner work. It's working. It's being willing to look at yourself, which you know, some people don't want to dig deep. They don't want to, they're more comfortable being, I'll use the analogy in the victim mode. Yeah. Or they're the judge of themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I've learned and sure I've had my chitty chatty voices when I first started really working at, um, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life because Mm -hmm. I refused to quit. And they were going, oh, come on, Linda, you know, I could just hear him just, you know, going, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I've learned to, you know, talk back in a sense saying, yeah, yes, I can do that. And this is why I can do it. Because our voices are a way of trying to protect us from the unknown. When Mm -hmm. you step outside that comfort zone, and you are trying to do something new that you've never done before. And it doesn't have to be a life-changing thing. It can actually be learning a new subject. It mm-hmm. could be, um, you know, moving to a new area. Mm-hmm. Anything like that will create that inner turmoil because it's a fear. It's fear coming out saying, whoa, wait a minute. You're chicken up my life here. I've perfectly, <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. do that. <clears throat> so one, you have to look at the reason behind that. You have Mm -hmm. to say, why am I feeling this way? Because once you can address your fears, then you can quiet them down. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you know, dig in there. So you have to be willing to do the hard work. And that's, that can be the biggest stumbling block for anyone is, do I really want to face myself? Well, and the thing is, it's it's a never ending process. It's every day. It's every minute. And and we have we have the right Mm -hmm. to change our mind, our perspective, our outlook, our attitude, our approach, our whatever, our beliefs, our thoughts, our purpose, our intentions. We can recalibrate and re redefine that every single minute because the more we're committed to the growth uh, journey. Uh, the more we get exceptionally clear. The more clear you get, the more tapped in you become to the yummy stuff, surrounding yourself with the right people, focusing on the things that are intuitively only going to support you and propel you further, things that really do enrich the quality Uh, and the caliber of your life, things that really will set you on the path of your identified goals and intentions 
truly coming to fruition, meeting the right people, collaboration, partnership, mentors, coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what you watch on TV or what you don't watch on TV, what you listen to in your audio tapes, the types of YouTube videos, the types of, uh, you know, social media, you know, you've got to take heed of what is filling your energetic sphere. Oh, Absolutely. You got, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to do inventory all the time. You got to go, okay, does this serve me? Or is this weighing me down? Is this feeding into my false beliefs or concepts? Or is this fueling my, my passions and my purpose? And right. when you can definitively answer those questions, then you get rid of all the things that are dead weight and baggage and are holding you down. Right. Ab- ab- you're absolutely right. And I can remember a, a former client asked me one time, she got on a call with me and she was all upset. And I said, what's wrong? She said, well, because I'm not very far along. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, because everything I read on social media says by now I should have a six figure income. And I said, whoa, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> I said, how long did it take you to get to where you are today? Yeah. And, you know, whatever. She was in her 40s. So 40 years. Well, you've got 40 years of stuff that you've got to work on. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change that in two weeks. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, the journey of self is a lifelong journey. I'm, I'll be 69 this year. And mm-hmm. I just figured out that there are points in my life that were the catalysts mm-hmm. that have prepared, propelled me to today. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I love, I love the message within the message there because knowing that this show resonates with all kinds of demographics of people, age range, different walks of life. You know, I think what you said is very important there. I appreciate you comfortably and bravely saying what your age is because a lot of people, they have this false belief and mindset that if they don't capitalize and reach a certain barometer of so-called success, which they sometimes buy into the definition of other people's success, not realizing it's individualized and unique to each individual person, uh, then people think they've missed the mark. People think, oh my God, I'm dead in the water. And then that's when they start living for, you know, hump day that's when it's like i can't wait till friday because then i've got the weekend but they can't enjoy sunday because they're anxious about returning to their humdrum mediocre life that they can't stand and are bitching about all the time on monday and doing it all over again week after week year after year so i really appreciate you saying there's no expiry date on growth there's no there's no limit except for the ones you choose to impose upon yourself as to what you're willing to continually step into each and every day not taking into account chronological age, not taking into account diagnosis, not taking into account once upon a time divorce or bankruptcy or whatever it was, death of a child, giving up a child, losing a husband, uh, losing, you know, having a child who's afflicted by drugs. I mean, I love this because you are the walking, talking, breathing example of anything is possible if you choose to embrace the ideology that, yes, that is absolutely true. And when you put your time and attention and energy on things that are supporting you and reinforcing the good messages, the things that are going to feed you and fuel you, then, you know, you're on fire. You're unstoppable. There is nothing you cannot accomplish. Absolutely. That's uh, you're 100 percent right. It's all the more I work with people, the more I see that it has to do with what you're saying to yourself in your head. Yeah. So if you're sitting there telling yourself, I can't do this. Um, what will people think, you know, it's too hard. It's Mm -hmm. too, I'm too slow. What, that's what you live. That becomes your reality. And 
refuse to have that reality. So yeah, am I saying that I'm 100% positive all the time? Hell no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my down days. I get Mm -hmm. up and, oh my God, why am I doing this? But then I go, then I get a message like I got this morning and it's like, that's why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I have this, this belief that women need to stand in their own power to stop living conditioned lives. Now, Mm -hmm. when I grew up, there were five choices. You could be a teacher, a secretary, a receptionist, a housewife, and a nurse. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much the choices that you had. Now, that's expanded over the years. But what I find is that so many women still are going into careers because that was the expectation of their family, their teachers, whatever background is behind Mm -hmm. them, right? Mm -hmm. And then they wake up one day and they go, what the hell? Yeah. Even like my job. Yeah. I don't want to do this. But you and I, but you and I both know, Linda, that's an old script that doesn't have to keep playing out. That does does not have to be, it does not. Right. Absolutely not. It doesn't, you know, it it absolutely doesn't. We all have, and I call them hidden suitcases. So we have these hidden suitcases that have our dreams. Mm -hmm. They have our fears Mm -hmm. and you can tap into those and you can find your dreams again. And you can face your fears Mm -hmm. and you can outsmart them and you can create that life that you really want to live. And you know what? If you're happy, your family's going to be even happier because there's nothing more unsettling than to have the the mom come home from a day at work that she couldn't handle. She can't stand her blood pressure's high and she's a crab when she gets home. Mm -hmm. Where's the... Where's the comfort? Where's the, you know, family unit then? Because the kids are standing away from the mom. Well, and the thing is, it's redefining like old adage terminology too, uh, or not buying into other one other people's definition. I always look for the abstract. I always look for the universal signs and symbols to further help grow me and propel me and 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 awaken me and open right. myself up to different ways of of mm-hmm. jargoning and looking upon things. So self care mm-hmm. for me, you know, that word self care is always synonymous, particularly with women, right? Because we're nurturers, we're mothers, right. we're multitaskers. We're now we're on entrepreneurs. Now we're all these things. Self-care for me isn't about treating yourself once a week to get your nails done or to get your hair done. Yes. 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 That falls in the category I'm not knocking anybody. There's no judgment here, but let's go deeper. What does self-care actually mean? And what is it that we're saying we want for women, uh, to, immerse themselves in so that they can be overflowing so they can be in a joy-filled space and emit that positive energy for their loved ones or colleagues or clients you know it's about mindset it's about self-love it's about you know taking time out to do meditation it's about reading a book that's going to resonate with you and take you to that next level you know, it's it's finding those people in your tribe that are also equally operating at their highest vibrational level, knowing that that's a boomerang, boomerang domino effect. It goes yep. back and forth, symbiotic, back and forth, back and forth, up and down, all around, you know, to the point where you energetically get physically ill if you deviate from that, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Absolutely. So yeah, it's also looking at, you know, who's defining self-care 
whose definition are you subscribing to? And does that fit with you? Is getting your nails done once a week or getting your hair done and highlighted and tinted, is that helping you with your rest? Is that helping you with your mindset? Is that helping you accumulate more money in the bank account? Is that really lighting a fire under your, your feet every day and you just can't wait to start the day and you're not looking at the clock because there's never enough time because you love what you do and you do what you love? So let's redefine self-care. Let's redefine things that people say are good for us who says what's good for us and and why is it all generically spoken you know that we all right. buy into this one-stop shop of what self-care is right um, right yeah I could go self-care that's another is, subject yeah. that's another that's another show <laughs> self-care is emotional yeah. it's physical and it's spiritual and it's mental but I'm going to throw one more thing in there it's self-care is really embracing you it's really yes. embracing every part of you. And so, so many people hide from the messes, from the, the garbage that we all carry. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That garbage is part of who I am. That yes. garbage is waking up one day realizing, oh, I have no money coming in. I'm losing my house. And I have mm-hmm. that. And I went through that a couple times. Mm-hmm. So I was a victim of the 2008 whole fiasco in the States. Yeah. I mean, I was a victim. I've done some, you know, made some poor decisions that I've had to live with the consequences of them. But mm-hmm. that makes me who I am today. That's Absolutely. how I understand people. That's how I can, I have an intuitive ability to be able to listen beyond the words. Mm-hmm. Well, and your, your realness within all of it is what makes you relatable. You know, like, see, this is why I love guests like you, Linda, because people who put it out there and say, you know what, learn from me. If I can spare you some time, some heartache, uh, you know, because we also know people, we don't know what we don't know. So for people who have walked through the fire of life, like you have, uh, and risen in the ranks of self-esteem, self-love and, and, and flourishing in your career, you know, this is this is the stuff that people gravitate towards. People don't want to hear that you've written 50 million books and 20, you know, seven languages and you're a multimillionaire. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I mean? People want to know how, you know, what because that that's that creates the false uh, perception that you yeah. were either born with a silver spoon in your life or nothing, nothing happened to you. Uh, that happens to the majority of the population because you choose not to air that or mm-hmm. you want to you want to you know have this image and you want to personify this image that everything is so neat and tidy and well packaged and well polished and well scripted people can't relate to that and and we know that's not true you're you're making a choice to withhold that but people would probably appreciate you more, buy your books more, resonate with your message more if you talked about the nuts and bolts of everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, the up, the down on the financial scale, you know, keep it real people. So this is why I love people like you, Linda, because the people who tune into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, they are inspired by who you are and where you are today because you took us back to once upon a time and you showed us how you maneuvered, how you navigated, how you chose to get yourself unstuck and how you chose to find meaning and purpose in your life and going forward from having adopted and embraced the lessons. So I thank you for that. You're you're a breath of fresh air. You know, I, I said, listening to you, it's like, how can you not be real? So I told you that I had my WTF year. So my husband got sick, took 
like a month to find out that he had a certain kind of cancer. So, mm-hmm. okay, we can live with that message. We can, he had two to five years. We'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll plan out this two to five year kind of like journey that we're going to go together, but he didn't get better and he didn't get better. So mm-hmm. within four months, he ends up in the hospital. He's dying. He had another kind of cancer. So mm-hmm. that was his sentence. That was the doctor just said, I can't help him anymore. So mm-hmm. I took him home. I nursed him. Because he wasn't terminal yet. They hadn't given him that final diagnosis, so no hospice could come in. So Linda played that role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I lose him. Two weeks later, my oldest daughter tries to commit suicide. I try to find her. I mean, mm-hmm. I found her, not try it. I did find her. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm not even out of losing my husband, and I find my oldest daughter. And then my job was being... Um, my district manager was trying to take my job away from me. So I ended up going back to work one week after I found my daughter. And I can remember, and I'm saying this for this one reason, getting in my car one day at lunch and screaming and hitting my steering wheel, why me, God, why me? Mm -hmm. Because all that pain, all that sorrow had built up so much you know, inside of me, I was running a store that was multi-million dollars. I had 150 employees to take care of. And who was taking care of Linda? You know, bingo, you know, you get into these things and you have these life crushing moments. Mm -hmm. Let, you know, you've got to let that steam out and then you've got to just keep taking one day at a time, you know, absolutely. And I ended up in depression. So it was several years. And I Mm -hmm. sat in my depression, Lisa, because I didn't want to be hurt anymore. I am totally 100% honest about that. Mm -hmm. I sabotaged myself because I didn't want to join mainstream world again because, my God, you know. It can suck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it did suck. But, I mean, I, I love telling the story because the universe, I swear to God, came down and just slapped me around and said, okay, Linda, enough. You've got more to give this world than sitting in that dark cocoon. It's time for you to wake up. And I had to. It was like yeah. a you know, one-day thing. And it was like, okay, mm-hmm. get my marching shoes on. Here I go. So everybody needs to understand that, yeah, you're going to have moments of setback and you're going to want to withdraw from life and you want to say, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, embrace that, but don't mm-hmm. live in it forever. No. no, no. And I appreciate you saying that because some people will refer to what you just described as very different things. Some people refer to that as intuition. Some people refer to that as source. Some people refer to right. that as inner being, inner child, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, very important, you know, even if it's just a whisper because you're so depleted and you're just so done with all the crap that you find yourself now reeling from. But when that little voice or that little inclination nods you in the direction of, you know what, it's time to get up. It's time yep. to get out of bed. It's it put one foot in front of the other. You know, it doesn't matter how faint that might be of a whisper. It doesn't have to be a resounding, get out of bed. It could be get out of bed. You can do this. Don't, (laughs) you know, but don't extinct, don't extinguish that. You know, that is the sign again, call it source, call it the universe, having your back, call it intuition, call it inner being, you know, whatever respond to that. 
it's not about how fast you go. It's not how quickly you go. Right. It's the fact that you just get up and go. You take a step. And yes. then again, it goes down to what we were talking about earlier. It's a choice. Yes. So you have a choice to listen mm-hmm. and hear those whispers because sometimes they are very quiet. Mm-hmm. Or you have a choice to shut them off and just mm-hmm. stay where you're at. I just choose to listen. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard. And people need to understand that. Sometimes it's really hard to hear that whisper. And I, there's that story they talk about somebody that was drowning in the, um, in the river or sea. And so they pray to God, help me God, right? Mm-hmm. And so somebody comes by and the person that's drowning refuses that help and then refuses another and refuses another and ends up going to heaven. And he goes, well, God, why didn't you help me? And he goes, well, I did. I sent you this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So source, universe, whatever you call, there always is that energy. There's always energy. It's that inner energy that you, we all have that we need to listen. Absolutely. Listen to ourselves. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, and I can personally attest to this, too. Sometimes when I have felt at my absolute lowest vibrational level, I have felt mm-hmm. my worst. I, you know, I throw myself into volunteerism or charity work or fundraising or supporting somebody who's got it seemingly worse because, you know, I'm able bodied. Other people who I know who are very close to me, who I support, you know, they've got MS. They're confined to a wheelchair and yet they are still vibrant and they're still waking up and they're still hoping for a cure and they're still going to their physiotherapy and they're going to all, you know, so it's very hard to put yourself out there to focus on someone else's needs, focus on someone else's, uh, you know, affliction or whatever the case may be in terms of however you want to characterize it. But if you put yourself out there, it's very hard to walk away from that situation of giving yourself in the way that really matters and still being in a foul mood. Right, Linda, Linda, being cognizant of time, I want to give the listening audience an opportunity. Where can they connect with you in terms of your uh, your business? If they want to reach out to you for an initial consult, uh, whatever the case may be, how can people connect with you? Well, my website is just um, Linda M. Clay. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my Facebook business page is Linda M. Clay Biz. Mm -hmm. I have a Facebook group called Map It Life and Business. I'm on all social media channels as Linda M. Clay. And then I have my email address is admin at lindamclay.com. Fantastic. Well, I just want to say you, again, have been a breath of fresh air. I just want to thank you for everything that you've shared with myself and the listening audience today and eventually, again, the podcast subscribers. Uh, Because people don't know what they don't know. We're all operating at different levels of self-awareness. We all have different tools in our toolbox. Some people have a great infrastructure of support. Some people have zero infrastructure of support. But at the end of the day, You've got to take a look at what's happened to you based on what Linda has said. And I'm really imploring people to listen to this over and over again and play it back until you have your own epiphany aha moment. And something that Linda has said throughout the course of this interview goes, okay, 
if she can do it, I can do it. And yeah, that that's where I am or that's where I was. And this too, I am committed to a bigger picture. I am committed to playing a bigger game. I am committed to finding the lesson and making it work for me, knowing that by choosing to do so, I can be accessible to other people. I can make a difference, an impactful difference and bring value to the lives of other people. So Linda, you have an open standing invitation anytime you want to come back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa oh, McDonald. thank you. I would be only too honored uh, and overjoyed to have you uh, share your message, your ongoing message and your brightness and your lightness with the rest of us. Oh, so absolutely. So uh, very quickly, what is your definition of living fearlessly? What is my definition of living fearlessly? What does that mean to you? It means at the, at the soul level, <laughs> at the soul level that you, um, no matter how, afraid you are inside, you go ahead and do it. That's what courage is. That's what living fearlessly is, is that you can be so, your gut can be just like you're ready to vomit because you're so afraid to do something because it's so outside of your norm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's how you live fearlessly. You just keep doing it. Beautiful. Well, for the ways in which you continuously choose, because again, it's a choice. We've emphasized that point time and time again throughout the course of this interview, Linda and myself. It's a choice. So for the ways in which you continue to rise in your own life, the ways in which you continue to find the lesson, Linda, I just want to say good on you because any any number, any individual circumstance, never mind the cumulative for what you've described as having uh, been part of your journey to date, that could have very easily taken anybody out and taken anybody out under permanently, indefinitely. Um, so for everything that you've cited, including death, what happened to you at 17 years old, the choices that you had to make, losing a husband at 50 or before 50, you know, stage four diagnosis, you know, your job moving East Coast, West Coast, all of that. I mean, if you can go through this and, and your other child, your daughter with drug addiction, you know, please, people listen to the fact that the, the takeaway that I get from this is... Linda did not succumb to victimology. This would have taken a lot of people down, any one of those things, never mind the, the whole lot. And Linda found the inner strength. She found the right resources. She found the right support system, but she was prepared more importantly than anything else. She was prepared to go deep within and ask the fundamental key questions. What am I here to learn from from this particular situation and what can I do that's of value and of impact not only to myself but to other people around me how can I make this work for me how can I make a difference so Linda again you are my tribe five attracts tribe and I just <laughs> want to say thank you again so You're very welcome. much for being vulnerable for being candid and for sharing the gift of your time your messages your experiences your wisdom with us here on living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald for the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules for joining myself and Linda here today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. My purpose, which I'm very clear on, and I say this every opportunity and every platform that's afforded to me to do so, I'm here to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Look forward to rejoining you next Friday with yet another phenomenal guest. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Love and gratitude to all. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Linda. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.